You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. excited about today because we've got Laura Jane Jones on from Scum LJ. 5 all over TV all over Welsh rugby well English rugby women's rugby men's rugby how are you? I'm good a bit nervous we shouldn't be because you're, you're yeah but normally I, I come with prepped notes and I've just turned up with my phone and my purse and well that's the thing about the Tuesday club we just like to be a little bit underprepared and see what happens casual you, you had a big day Saturday I can tell I had a big weekend mate to be honest too um I was just saying to uh, our lovely landlady Gemma of the Brit Pub that I think I'm going to give uh, alcohol a bit of a miss for a while. So that if you do your first, I am actually going to go teetotal for a while. Mm. Um, we'll obviously we'll come back in a few episodes and see how I'm doing. Are you going to go fully cold turkey, or are you going to wean yourself so. off? I think so. Yeah. Um, I just had I had a heavy weekend, and the thing is, right? Obviously, we've mentioned in a few uh, podcasts now that we do it from the Brit. Uh, it's in Comarvon in the Avon Valley. And um, I've recently moved here. Sean's lived here all his life, uh, lived away, come back. And I've just recently moved here. And I haven't drunk as much living in Carmarthen uh, than ever before. Literally, I've moved, as soon as I moved here, around the corner from this amazing... It's a great advert for the place, though, surely. So it's just Gemma's fault, then. The place, the no, Brits no fault. I blame yeah. you. <laughs> Every Thursday. I've, lock. Been, I've been with you once. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it was good. It was a good weekend. Um Long day, though, on the international day, especially for someone like me who's up at 7 a.m. making a cook breakfast, Max Boyson in the kitchen, screaming the house down. And then it's quite it's difficult to pace a, a late afternoon kickoff. If it's an 8 yeah. o'clock kickoff, like when you go to Paris, you think, we'll have a leisurely morning, get up late, big lunch. But I think that kind of 4.30, 5 o'clock, generally people are peaking at 3 o'clock. You at the game? I went with my old man, yeah, for the first time in nice. a really long time. So, yeah, it was really nice. Bit of uh, bit of hospitality beforehand. Yeah, where? Um, Can we I can't say actually, okay, no. um, but it's uh, yeah, it was very pleasant and a, a nice day with dad. Only had three or four arguments. Um, <laughs> lower tier seats, halfway line, really nice. The only thing was, I had an old fellow in front of me who consistently dropped his guts every five minutes. Oh yeah. my god, it was. And do you know what? It's one of those things as as much as I think globally people are like, you're so lucky with that stadium. The roof is closed. It holds the atmosphere in. It also holds farts <laughs> in, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and you do notice how bad it smells in there at times. Well, do you know how I started my <coughs> international day on Saturday? Go on. I went to my first ever Wales over 50s cricket nets. Did you? <laughs> and get this, I'm not 50 yet, right? I'm 49. I'm 50 in November, so this cricket season I'll be 49 but I qualify to play in the second team. And then next year, I qualify to play for Wales over 50. So effectively, I'm in the academy. Is it a bit like <laughs> when you're 17 and you're playing up in the 20s? Is that how you feel? I'm in the academy of Wales over 50s. Can you believe that? When are you going to start playing for them? I'll play this summer in the second team, see? So a uh, great set. About 40 boys, right? All 50 plus, obviously. And um, Kind of, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> but i got a mate that actually plays for Wales over 60s, believe it or not. Do, have they got Big dog. England and, and the They have a World 50s. Cup every year, right? They went to Australia last year. They're going to South Africa. Oh, my God. Cape Town now in uh, next month. Phenomenal. And, uh, what, you know, so <laughs> one, I want to play. But two, if we got a chance to go on, the, I think, West Indies. Tour, 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 isn't it? Blimey. What are you, bat or ball? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, you know, as I was the youngest there at 49, so I think I was pretty good. Because <laughs> bless some, you know, some of them are a little bit older. But I really enjoyed it. Great bunch of boys. And uh, thanks for, for, I know they, they listen. So thanks, boys, for welcoming me. But that was the start. I had a quick shower, two hours of nets. 
Oh, wow. I was stiff as a poor Sunday morning, and then across to the Holiday Inn where I host hospitality, and that's a long day then, Lauren. Yeah. And when you do hospitality and stuff, and you're working, and scrum fight the next day, yeah. it was a long, long day. So I don't know what the both of you are on about, you know, all these hospitalities in a long day. I had a ball on Saturday. But the thing uh, is, when <laughs> we're not drinking, so I'm do- I've got double dollar for the uh, England game, so I'm doing, in the mm. morning... I'm doing a breakfast thing in the shack in Twickenham, which is free to attend. Anyone can come down. And we're going to build up to the women's game, which is at the Stoop then. So England-Wales, a lovely warm-up, I think. If you've got tickets for the men's in HQ, as they call it, you can head over to the Stoop and, and watch the women's first. So Marley Packer and I, bacon sandwiches, bit of a preview. And then I'm hosting HSBC, the big one, yeah. It's posh. Nice. Yeah, me and Haskell. Woo! Oh, oh, James Haskell. Yeah, and I got Kathy as well. One. Do you need well, a plus one? <laughs> well, I certainly won't take my father. I don't trust him on corporate hospitality, so we've had a bit of a, a bit of soreness at home about that. But yeah, Haskell, Kathy, and then Marley's coming down to that. Well, one you won't as well. have any uh, trouble with um, asking questions and getting answers from Haskell, will exactly. you? Exactly. Well, it's an easy shift, isn't it? When it's something like that, it's not kind of you're not getting blood out of a stone with someone like that. No. You just wind him up, let him go, and yeah. happy we'll, days. We'll be Let's talk about your podcast. Going really, really well. It is the Try Hards podcast. Yeah, you and Nolly. Me and Nolly. Nolly Waterman, who is uh, over 80 caps for England, played in four World Cups, World Cup winner, seven times Grand Slam winner. Um, pain in my backside when it comes to the podcast. Yeah, she well. over promises, under delivers because I do all the technical side of it. So she's very quick to say to people, don't worry, we can edit that out. Can we, mate? Can we? Um, but so you and Kyle are really going to get on. Yeah. Now, that's the sort of relationship we've got with Tuesday Club. Um, nobody knows this, right? But uh, every, obviously we record it on a Mondays at the moment because you know, you're both very busy on a Sunday after the Six Nations are finished. So every Monday night now, I'll finish this. I'll run home, which I don't live far away. But all night now, he won't stop having pings on his phone because I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Is this okay? Is that okay? But you'll get to a point where you do it so quickly. So... Um, I'm obviously here now, Monday evening. When I go back, Nolly and I will do our podcast over the phone. I'll turn that around in 40 minutes. It'll be uploaded and that'll be up on... Ours will be up online before yours is. Probably. I was a scheduled. I've got a scheduled publishing moment. Well, it has to go Tuesday morning. 1 a.m. Tuesday Tuesday mornings. (laughs) Yeah. Mixing concrete, 8 a.m. Exactly. That's it. (laughs) I mean, mixing no concrete issue though because the weather's been so bad. But try hard, LJ, then it's by women, but it's not necessarily for women. It's for all. Yeah, I think... You know, the two of us, obviously, Nolly's pedigree in rugby speaks for itself. And then I've obviously worked in rugby since I was a nipper. I was 17, 18 when I started working at Cardiff Blues. I was there for three years and then I've worked in TV for the past decade. And I work almost exclusively in rugby. I'll do the other odd thing occasionally, but rugby's my life as much as that's really quite sad, I think. But I love it. You were telling us off air about how you got into TV growing up. You used to watch a lot of TV. Tell our listeners exactly. I, I'm basically a massive telly addict, so <laughs> I was a bit of a bit of a waster in school, to be honest. Like I'm, without sounding like an absolute idiot, I'm quite bright, but was always the class clown. I like to entertain people in school, and obviously every report, every parents' evening. Oh, you know, if she chatted a little bit less in class, was a bit more productive, and. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I watched so much telly. My sister and I are massive TV and film addicts. And whatever I'd watch that week, that's what I want to be. So vets in practice, true to Mosju, that's it. That's for me. (laughs) I'm going to go Bristol Vet School. I'm going to have my hand up a cow's backside. A couple of weeks later, Holby City. No, cardiologist. That's what I want to be. Cardiologist, heart surgeon, legally blonde, lawyer. 
<laughs> lawyer. Yeah, I'm going to go and do that. And then I think I eventually got to the point where I realized that actually, why don't you just go and work in TV? So I'm now, and probably for the past 15 years, it's Sue Barker that I want to be. Um, that is my ultimate. I've got two dream jobs. I want to present a question of sport. And when Steve Wright hangs up his microphone, I would like to present Sunday Love really? Songs on Radio 2. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a shocker. Yeah. It's, it's the same show every week. And I, I do it at home a lot. It's my kind of like skit I do for the family. Yeah. And then you think they're going to play Pocahontas and it's never Pocahontas. And it's all oh, we've had a, an email this week uh, from... Steve in Stevenage. Oh, funny, Steve in Stevenage. And he's written to us to say that he loves his wife, Margaret, uh, after they were in school together. It was 30 years apart until they reconnected on the internet two years ago. <laughs> They're getting married in September, surrounded by Steve's two children and Margaret's three. They've got oh, eight grandchildren between them. Steve wants to say that he loves you, Margaret, very, very much and doesn't know how he got through the last three decades without you, but can't <laughs> wait for the next three with you. No, you're just Tina Turner. <laughs> yeah, <the> exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I love it. That's I just... Radio few, isn't it? Yeah. Right, let me tell you a quick story. I play golf with a, a society called the Wedges, right? The Welsh Entertainers. So Owen Money, Colin Price, Rod Woodward, and a lot of other guys. Um, I, I, I got into it. And uh, they go to Spain every year and they play, right? And there's a couple of guys. Uh, one guy will remain nameless, but I'll, it's a story about him. And there's a couple of guys. They used to do like... Um, What's the, the two brothers, the Chuckle Brothers? Yeah, but they used to, to do on S4C and, and they used to wind people up so they'd be like dressed as vets and they'd go along to a farm and, and tell the farmer that his prize bull, you know, can't, can't conceive his, his sperm isn't right. But anyway, these two, they're nutters, right? And they pick on somebody to wind up every year. So they wind my mate up now who bites easily. So they're in Spain in a restaurant, 20, 30 of them, and they've primed now uh, an expat couple and, and the lady in particular who's gone, I recognise you. No, no, you don't. Yeah, I used to go with my sister. You broke her heart. And she's milky. No, no, no. And all the boys now don't know. Uh, only one guy's in on it. He's wound her up. And he's gone, no, sorry, love. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you say that, then who am I? Yeah, I used to drink in the, uh, in the Lama flag in Brintirion. He's like, oh, my God. She <laughs> does know me. Oh. Well, come on, then. Who's your sister, then? It's Deidre. He's thinking, oh, my God. And she's poured it on, poured it on. And all the boys now are starting to go, oh, no, this is getting serious. And she's really going off, right? To the point now where he's beside himself. It's not, he's, he's really gutted. He's buying a drink. He's like, I'm really sorry. You sure? <laughs> like, uh, years later, this, that, and the other. She knew so much about him. Of course, he was feed, this guy was feeding, him, feeding her all the information. Anyway, they get on from Spain. The following, s the next Saturday morning, they're down the golf club, right? They've got radio wheels on. Oh, when money's on, ra on the radio. And this guy's wife's name is Lorraine, all right? She listens to the show, Owen Money, every Saturday morning. She's at home. He's done the golf club. All the boys are there. Owen Money comes on. You know what he's like on Saturday morning? Owen. Yeah. He's talking like he's talking in the pub here, isn't he? Mm. Oh, well, got to say, ladies and gentlemen, I had a lovely time in Spain last week. All my mates be playing. They're probably listening now, all the boys from the wedges. And uh, got to tell you a story. Uh, one of the boys, oh, God, he got in a bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody met him with an old, instead of an old girlfriend. You know, so uh, his wife there, Lorraine, I'm sorry, i got to tell you over the radio, he said. But, uh, yeah, that's what happens. And uh, anyway, I'd like to play a record in your honour. It's, I can see Deidre now, Lorraine is gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's superb. That's great punning. They set him up all <laughs> week. 
just are we that. just for that? Or we, what? You know, how planned is that? That That's is playing the long then. game. That class. is playing the long game. Absolute <laughs> class. So anyway, you're you're really busy all over the place, as you said, checking them around a couple of weeks. But um, was there yesterday as well. You get to meet some fabulous people, don't you? Yeah, I'm quite lucky. But do you know what? As much as um, obviously you know what it's like, and unfortunately for Kyle you become a little bit old hat when you meet all these rugby players and it's very rare to get starstruck by them and there are very few who, you know, you, you kind of get butterflies about. Thomas Castanier always has that effect on me. Absolutely love him. But it's when you meet people who are outside of that bubble and last year at the Hong Kong Sevens, I went to the um, Doddy Weir dinner. So I'd been a late invite to the dinner um, and uh, the lovely Robbie R- McRobbie, who is the chairman of the Hong Kong Rugby Union, um, invited me to join their table. Now, this was like three days before going to Hong Kong. So Nolly and I get out there and I was a little bit, a part of me thought, is this actually coming off? Am I going to be, am I going to get there and there's not going to be space for me? Because it's, it's like, I'm not joking, it was like 500 quid a plate this dinner. There were things going in the auction for £250,000. Not joking. Insane, insane cash. So we get there and there's this huge table plan. And it's, uh, you know, table 1 to 50 with names underneath. So obviously, get up there. I start at table 50. Like, I'm going to be by the toilets. They might ask me to clear a couple of tables. It's fine. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm there on a freebie. So start at table 50. Started looking. Oh, I'm not on that table. So start going up. Get to like table 38 Shane was on that table I'm like all oh, right Shane Williams I'm, I'm not on, I'm not below Shane this is, I'm getting a bit worried now <laughs> and I'm going through and there's like names 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 like the biggest stars of rugby and then I get table two and I'm thinking I'm not on here but I'm still looking at who's on there so table two is Doddy and the Weir family Billy Connolly um and then table one is me sat next to Michael Johnson <laughs> I was like, Nolly, I can't do this. She was like, What? I was like, I can't, I, I can't go and sit next to him. She was like, Why not? I was like, I don't know what to so say. Like she was like, What? What? Yeah, but it, there's, you become a little bit kind of, um, I don't know, just it, it's old hat, isn't it? People don't excite you like they would have done maybe 10, 15 yeah. years ago when I was younger. And because you're so used to dealing with rugby players and I think probably because of my job I can't look at people like that because if I'm going to interview them I can't feel nervous like that and I sat down and I was absolutely like right I'm just going to sit really quietly um I'd add obviously like two three glasses of wine I was like the other thing Michael when you're from Wales um (laughs) when you're from Wales (laughs) and by the by the end of it he was like my BFF and then through the week we'd been sat there at the dinner and we were talking about obviously talking about getting hammered on the sesh and I'd started off you know really posh when I first sat down and by the end of it I was like literally this week is just gonna be hardcore like you can just imagine now state you're gonna be in Barakas for breakfast all this kind of thing and I'd said to him something about you know the cure-all, you know, this is your first rugby tour, Michael. So your cure-all, pint of Guinness. You get a Guinness down your early doors. It's iron, sugar, sort you right out. <laughs> and then probably about day three or four of the week, we're in uh, a corporate box at Hong Kong Sevens. And Michael had been visiting another box and walked back with a pint of Guinness for me. Because the box he'd been in was serving it and ours wasn't. And I was like... That's it, me and MJ, best friends. <laughs> oh, good, Zad. But at the time, he was quite, um, we'd obviously chat about different things, and I had a really rough time about 18 months ago trying to sort out my American visa, and a lot of friends will know that it got denied three times, my journalism visa. 
not sure why, but it meant that I couldn't have an Esther. I couldn't go to the States. I told Michael about this, which meant by the end of the week, he had no concerns about inviting me. You know, if you're ever over, <laughs> you know, Malibu, come and see us. We'd love to have you. Because he thought that's a safe bet. Yeah, and lucky for him, about a month ago, the US <laughs> government granted me a visa. <laughs> so I'll be seeing you soon, MJ. Yep. Jonas, she's on her way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you what I saw as well on your social media, which was really interesting because I recently had a chair made of a lot of old jerseys of teams I played and coached. Uh, oh, I know what you're going to say. Really nice. And my yeah. mum is going to love this yeah. plug, Sean. Cradle Kutches. <laughs> yeah. So is that your mum? It's my mum. Yeah. So How she um, basically, you send her shirts. You know what it's like? You could, There's only so many shirts you can put up on the walls. And it's not just shirts. It's things like T-shirts. So like when the Ospre- Ospreys won the Magnus League, you've probably got a Magnus League, ch- oh, Magnus League Champions T-shirts. And the thing is, you don't frame them, but you keep them. So you've now got a black bin bag in the attic that's full of T-shirts, never going to see the light of day. Whereas you can send them to Karen Jones. She's obviously on all social media platforms, Cradle Cutches. And she turns it into a big patchwork blanket. Yeah, don't give him any ideas, though, because I'm struggling to find tables for my... Uh, Shirts for my chair. So if he's got a black bag, I want them <laughs> shirts, please. I, I give you some, don't I? No. Don't give me anything, Sean, apart I, from Jip. I, I have got, no. <laughs> I, I, I promised you some. Did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. So I got, I, I'll have, I got some shirts there for you. Right, well, you are. Everyone's going to know now. So. But that's great. That's a, good, that's a great idea. Because even if you wanted to throw for your TV room or... Exactly. You know, and then, you know I what, they're counted really though, as well. I counted, right? For that chair you need, the guy you make some is brilliant. I think you need like 13 shirts. I, st- I, st- I got stuck at six. I counted how many shirts on the quilt. There's like six jerseys across yeah. and like 11. But she like, uses That's a lot front of and back. Front and back she uses. So And sometimes she'll do like a four square, which would be, because you know what it's like with pro jerseys, they've got things on their sleeves. Yeah. It's a shame to lose those, so she does yeah. bits of those. So does she stuff it then, like a quilt? Or yes, quilted, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. outstanding. They're amazing. And do you know what? They're. Um, what tog is it? Oh, I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Rod Gilbert, and Never know that joke? No. What tog when he goes in for his pillow and his quilt? Never mind, we'll skip that one. <laughs> Cut that. My, that's something my sister's like mad keen on, though, the tog of things. Oh, really? So, like, my, my sister is like the hottest human on earth. I don't mean that like she's beautiful. You are beautiful, Sophie, if you are listening to this. But she's she. Listening. Please listen. But she. She doesn't listen to mine, so she's not going to listen to this one, boys. She um, literally would sleep with greaseproof paper over instead of a quilt. And every time. So, we'll go back to my mum and dad's house, and Sophie will go in the bedroom that is assigned to her in the house. It's not the house we grew up in. That's why I say assigned to her. And she, she's constantly, Mum, you've put a thicker, you put a thicker quilt on this bed. No, it's the same one. No, you have. And she's there checking the tog, making sure it's not the thick one. It's a winter one. No, it's not. It's the same one as before. We should meet her. Definitely. Oh, she's a cracker. She come on next week. She's a nurse. She's very interested. Oh, she was Holby City then, did she? Yeah. <laughs> well, her, do you know what? My sister's a. My sister is my hero. We talk about in sport, you know, it's one of those standard questions I ask when I go and do interviews. Oh, who's your hero? Who did you grow up watching? Who inspires you? Um, and who's that you do an impression <laughs> of? That's me asking people oh, questions. Right. That's my that's my interview voice. <laughs> um, and my sister is my hero because she is um, very severely dyslexic. Really struggles. So can't remember a name to save her life terrible with names just re- gives people different names one of my cousins is married to a bloke called darren my sister for the past 20 years has called him scotland no idea why don't know why that's just wow. the name that she's committed to memory for him but she 
um, really struggled f- through school, made it through her A-levels, went and did a film degree first and then was a bit poorly through her 20s and decided actually nursing is my vocation. That's mm. what I want to go and do. And now she's a nurse in Princess of Wales in Bridgend. Amazing. And she, she's an amazing, amazing person, but she is the biggest film buff you will ever meet. And it is painful because well, you go and watch something and she's like, you know who that, that person is? No. Yeah, yeah, you do. I'm like, no. She's like, you know, in like some random film that was on Sky once tw- 10 years ago, <laughs> he's the bloke who walks in the ice cream parlor. <laughs> not what? Even, not even really? a main yeah. part. Oh yeah, like extras. She is chronic for things like that and it, it just blows my mind. But, but You don't know, right? Because you watch films, yeah. box sets, TV, as you said, TV addict. You got Kylie, who's exactly the same. Well, that's how we knew that we were going to be pals because... Yeah, well, it's a match made in heaven. I prefer being in them, to be honest with you. So if anyone else, if anyone's listening, I'm I'm unemployed at the moment. Well, actually, that, <laughs> so I, I tweeted something earlier on about the West Wing, which is a, a program that we're both really into. Yes. And I'm part of the school of thought that it needs a reboot because of certain things that happened. If you were a fan of it, back in the day, there's a character who was told by the president, Sam, when you're president, so a lot of people have always said that it would be 2020 would be Sam Seaborn's run for the presidency. So we are due a reboot from Aaron Sorkin. So if they did, what kind of character would you want to play Kyle in it? What could you see yourself being? Um, I'd definitely be chief of staff. Oh, really? Obviously, uh, um, I'm bossy. I shout a lot. I'm a control freak. Um, I've got secret drink problems. <laughs> no secret anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. I'd, I'd give myself chief of staff. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I do well under pressure. So I watched maybe two episodes of West Wing. It's brilliant, man. Couldn't. Oh, it's the, great, it's the greatest couldn't get TV into show it. ever made. Th- the thing is, right, I think uh, as people, when it comes to TV and film, I think you're, same with food, throughout your life, your tastes change. I think your tastes change with, with TV and film as well. Mm. So uh, I remember when I left, um, I went to Gosling in college. I left there when I was 17, went to Glasgow to drama school. And I remember our old director would always bang on about the West Wing, the West Wing. And it used to be on every Sunday on Channel 4. Yep. Is that right? And I would just, uh, I remember looking, up, looking it up once and thinking, oh, politics, president, oh, s- stuff that. And then I remember going to Florida the last time my old family went together in it's been 2014, and obviously the flight's 10 hours, and they had their first series on the plane. So I was watching it, and I thought, I'll give it a go, and I loved it. Couldn't get enough. As soon as I got to the villa in Florida, I downloaded seasons two, three, and four off iTunes. All holiday, was just there when we were in villa watching it, and it's, a it's real, one of the best. It, it, without sounding like really arrogant, it's a real like thinking person's TV show. You can't, you can't second screen. You don't want to be on your phone because you're not following it. And the first series... Not, I hate TV programs that you battle, like Breaking Bad. I watched two and a half yeah, series. And I was like, same. I'm not enjoying this. Why am I doing this to myself? I'd get home and be like, right, I can squeeze in. It was like going to the gym. Not that I ever do that either. But it's like, same. I can squeeze an episode in tonight. And I wasn't enjoying it. And the West Wing, I think, <coughs> the first series, a little bit, you battle through it. Because especially from a perspective of a Brit, that we don't necessarily understand their pol- political system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the last episode of the first series is absolutely phenomenal because you are delivered a, a the whole of the series essentially happens in one place in the west wing and then you're taken out of it and there's a town hall meeting and president bartlett's talking 
And then, bit of a spoiler alert, but this program was on 20 years ago. So <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, and there's a shooting. But it's so at odds with everything that's come before. And then that's the pace that the show keeps them for a lot of the next kind of two, three series. And the first episode of the second series is an episode called In the Shadow of Two Gunmans or something like that. And it's just... It's just absolutely amazing TV. So, so I power watched House of Cards. Would that, would that be? Should I really get into this? Yeah, definitely. And I think, like as awful as it sounds, it is that thing of once you kind of you've got to be in the right mindset as well for it. But you become, for me, it's one of the few TV shows I've ever wet watched where you become so attached to certain characters yeah, in you it. Do. And as much as like, so C.J. Craig is um, the communications director in it. And uh, played by Alison Janney, who's obviously gone on to become an Oscar winner subsequently for her role in the Tonya Harding film. And she's in loads of things and a, a really kind of versatile actress. But she is this woman who is, for me, really relatable, despite the fact that she's got one of the most powerful jobs in the world in this show. She's a woman in a man's world who has a disastrous dating life. She doesn't sleep. She looks a mess a lot of the time because of the nature of her job and it's actually you boil it down to the fact that she's a woman who is in a man's world trying to work really hard and as much as you know I don't very often have to deal with kind of like national crises and crises and things like that in my day job I do look at her and it's it's one of those characters where you just love her so much because there's something you see in her and I'm gonna give it a go she gets uh, another spoiler but she gets put into top job as well doesn't she other yeah. than the presidency she becomes chief of staff but like yeah. you kind of you know it's coming at certain yeah. points but it is I um, I've watched it start to finish three times and then I dip in and watch my favourite episodes which are um, the one where the Mrs. Landingham episode which oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and the, the one that follows that um, re-watch episodes I, I, I yeah because they're just i don't like, do that to you but do you know what as much as this sounds really nausea and probably something that kyle relates to but it's really well acted oh, right. so martin sheen plays just president the w- bartlett the way it's made is just it was the first tv show that i'd watched which was made in the most theatrical way and i don't i don't mean like by the drama of it and the acting i mean the actual scenes and the set. There are scenes where there are no cutaways, like you see movies, and it's you know it's over the left shoulder, then it's over your right shoulder, cut back and forth. There's so many scenes, and Aaron Sorkin wanted to be one of the first people. Like now, you've got Birdman, which uh, uh, which doesn't cut away at all, mm. and that is such a hard thing to do on set when you've got lights and other actors coming in. You've got to rehearse it like a play. So yeah. whereas a play doesn't obviously have an interval. But as soon as it starts, you don't stop until you get to the interval. But when you're doing that for a hundred and twenty minute, oh, I think Birdman was like, you know, near enough two hours. Didn't they do it for nineteen fourteen? Nineteen seventeen as well. Had a lot of that, yeah. Nineteen fourteen is the pre- <laughs> the prequel. Pre- well, yeah. It's coming out next year. Crack Sam it. Mendes is working on it as we speak. But no, it was just the way they can't like you. It have gives it like an authentic. Even if you don't know that, you can recognize the authenticity of it. The other thing as well I really like about it is I am not a, like a muso. I'm not into like, I'm not a massive music fan which probably sounds weird because everyone's a music fan. I like musicals and I listen to music in the car, but I'm not, music isn't something that excites me. And there's not a lot of music in the West Wing. Like it, they don't use it to signpost yeah. emotion, which means that the actors have to be that much better because you're so dependent on taking your emotional cues from them. But then when they do use music and there are a few episodes where that happens, it is so much more powerful because 
it's jarring because it's not something you're used to in that show and I just absolutely love it and then he went on to make the newsroom afterwards which again was a, a really pioneering show with amazing cast and really relatable in the sense that it's set in a newsroom and those of us who've, who've worked in tv even if you're not working in network news you i news is a uh, uh, like a computer program that you use to make running orders and it beeps so it has news alerts on it all the time and it when I hear that in the newsroom it that's something that I remember when I first started at Sky Sports I'd hear that in the office and didn't really know what it was at first and you kind of use it you don't email people always you might top line someone on iNews so everybody knows that you need to speak to somebody and it's just yeah like the, it's they're very authentic TV programs yeah. well you could probably hear in the background we had the Brit pub in Carmarthen and it's closed on a Monday when we record, but uh, the phones still go. You might hear them in the background, along with me coughing, Kyle, because mum flu, I tell you what, it lingers. So what's your take on mum flu, LJ? I, I found your description of it last week quite entertaining, that it is this kind of uh, horrendous strain up there with the uh, avian flu, coronavirus. Hiya. Well... It's this Maybe lack not, of understanding. We, we've got to this point now where men don't seem to understand that we call it man flu when you've got a cold because you think you've... If you had the flu, how many times has your wife said to you over the past couple of weeks, if you had the flu, you'd know about it? Yeah. Right, if you haven't day. got a flu, you've got a cold. Yeah, I don't even think it's that bad, to be honest. But um, Pineapple juice. We just subconsciously... <laughs> pineapple juice, yeah. That's not honestly... They, uh, so I get I get mocked a lot by my friends because I have... Whenever anyone's ill, I have the same thing. My best friend Lori hates me for this. Vapor rub on the soles of your feet. Yeah, pair of socks. That's what my wife tells me. Yeah, sort you right out. And pineapple juice. Pineapple juice, sort you right out. If you're pregnant, don't do it because it can bring on early labour, apparently. But pineapple juice has an enzyme in it that breaks down mucus, apparently. Um, And I swear by it. Well, I'll have to... I'm going to go to the shop straight from doing this to get some pineapple juice. I do rub the old... uh, Vicks in the uh, soles of the feet. I find it really disconcerting. You put your socks on, then it's like Ugh. squelchy. But so it's amazing. Else said onions as well. Oh my Yeah, I think no. Out. I think that is a bit of an I old wives one. I think that was the kebab shop you were in. Do you know on what Saturday I do? Night. Do you know what? <laughs> no, did, you have a, did you have a kebab? Did you go to Chippy Lane on no, Saturday night? Yeah, maybe night? that's what it was. I woke up with onions and kebab. Did, did you go feet. to Chippy Lane? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. Um, unfortunately, um, my experience on Saturday <laughs> in the stadium wasn't the best of had. There was there was a few people around us. Normally, I'm the person that other people are complaining about. <laughs> but um, no, there was a few people around us that didn't really make it quite an enjoyable experience. Um, and um, she won't mind me saying this because I posted it all over Instagram, but my other half was a little bit worse for wear. So when I went out for uh, a cigarette at halftime and I was holding her up in one hand and trying to light a cigarette in the other hand, I thought, you know, it's best that uh, maybe I go and get her some food, maybe get her home. So we left at halftime. Oh, wow. I know. Uh, it was the first time I've ever left even you know, I've been in worse games where we were, you know, we weren't going to come back. Yeah. There was no hope, and I stayed stayed until the end. But um, quite embarrassed, but it was for the best. Yeah, so it's, it's difficult pacing yourself. If you're not used to it, then you know, it's as I said on uh, Saturday, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and yeah. I don't think enough people remember. It was, that. I would say it was the free bar, but uh, she was the only person in the hospitality where we were that was making me buy drinks that weren't included in the free bar. <laughs> in in the it was in the hotel that we were in, and uh, two rounds of um, vodka, lime, and lemonade cost me thirty pound. Oh my goodness! I won't say what hotel it was, but yeah, it was the Radisson. Oh, name is shame, <laughs> horrendous. So what's this list then? 
Oh, the list. The What's list. What's the list? Is that so a film? No, I no. come across the list because you posted about it on Twitter. Yeah. I threatened to post it on Valentine's Day. Was and then Valentine's I'm Day? really nosy. So I was like, I messaged her. I was like, what's the list? And she was like, oh, um, I, I'm not going to put it up. And I was like, well, she was like, people are telling me not to. I was like, well, I want to know. Tell me what the list is. So basically, I, I wouldn't post it because Nolly hates it. So we've never discussed it on our podcast because Nolly hates the list. It's the bane of her life. Do it on hours. Wow. So basically, I've been compiling a list. It started off as a bit of a joke of... Um, what I was looking for, so I am perennially single, what I'm looking for in my future husband. And my what, what was that word you just used? Perennially. Perennial. Every year. Every year. No, I know what it means. I just wanted last week we had omniferous, wasn't it? Didn't you say omniferous? <laughs> no. um, whenever somebody says a, a vociferous. vociferous. Perennial, I only know because perennial. of like plants in it. Your mum's like, oh it's a perennial. Oh okay then Karen. Um <laughs> so the list it's been, a long list. You just put it up on your iPhone. Yeah. So basically, it started off as like what I was looking for. And then I add to it all the time. And <laughs> there are things on there that are like non-negotiables and, and things that are... Come on. Non-negotiables. Okay. So, well, no, I'll read you the list and then you can work out. <laughs> I tell you what, you read the list and we'll see if it we've does, got any of the qualities. To caveat this, <laughs> to caveat the list, I am well aware that this list makes me sound absolutely bonkers. So... I'm just going to put that out there. So the list starts with six foot plus. Height is obviously quite important to a lot of uh, Tick. women. <laughs> Tick for both of us. No, I've, think. I've got particularly short genetics. That's why it's important to me. <laughs> Good teeth. Red hot, no obviously. Tick no tick for me. <laughs> Makes me laugh, but ultimately realizes I am funnier. <laughs> Quick walker. Works hard. Ambitious. Food lover, but not a good cook. Must not be a fussy eater. Only allowed to dislike one of the following three. Fish, olives or coffee. <laughs> Mustn't eat too much ketchup. Good timekeeping. Must love dogs. Second language preferable. Hair I can run my fingers through. No vegans. And one that I added when I was drunk in Bar 44 the other week. Must be okay with me walking down the aisle to the Jurassic Park score. <laughs> the greatest movie score of all time, obviously. LJ, do you wonder why you're single? I know. <laughs> but there, he's out there. He's out there he somewhere. Out there. And let's hope he listens he to the Tuesday Club podcast. Well, uh, we'll put it out there all the time. You will use that as an advert. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, I think it's very reasonable. Yeah, obviously there are some on there that, that there's movement around, and then there are some that there isn't. So, so what are the non-negotiables? Let me see. Let me let's see if I can guess okay. the non-negotiables. Timekeeping. Yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah. Timekeeping. Weren't you late today to this? Or? Yeah, because the traffic was bad. <laughs> and I actually, I'm going to make you feel bad now. I said to, to Mr. Holly that I have had to drive past the two places I've had very serious car accidents to get down here. So it oh. shows well, I appreciate my that. commitment to the Tuesday Fantastic. Club. Fantastic. I, I reckon fast walker is another one. Yeah. Quick walker yeah. is. That would really annoy me. Slow walker. Oh. And you know what? Nolly and I obviously spend a huge amount of time together. And we are polar opposites in that regard. She's she, slow walker. But do you know what? You know what it's like with a lot of athletes because a lot of athletes spend written into their weekly schedule. They'll have off their feet time, and you don't want to expend energy if you don't need to. And Nolly, despite the fact that she has retired from international rugby, um, still maintains that and walks so slowly everywhere we go, and it breaks me. Like in Japan, and I route march. Like if I'm going somewhere. You know, you put it up on Google Maps when you're in Japan. It's like, oh, nine minutes. I'm like, we do that in four and a half, mate. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Pull your socks up. We're doing it. <laughs> and she just meanders behind me. And 
Oh, it's really painful. Yeah, so yeah, especially. someone who's a quick walker. The ketchup walker. thing is a f- is a funny one for me. I don't know any bloke that doesn't eat lots of ketchup. I, I don't. Don't you? No. no. Do you know what? It's, it's not just like eating... A, it, you know, if you're having fish and chips separate and you put loads of ketchup on it, fine. It's these people who put ketchup on their cooked dinner and stuff like that. Oh, like, no, that's you got something wrong with it. But there are people who do that. Say that, my night. <laughs> I put salad cream with beans. That's vile. That's really nice, though. Someone that's check horrible. his laptop. Genu- <laughs> 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 it's yeah. not my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no no! I, uh, yeah, I got a mate who takes sachets of, of tomato ketchup out with him when he goes out for a meal or for a curry or anything like that. Puts on everything. That's I've, I've got an array of odd combinations when it comes to food. I remember when I was in comprehensive school, and there used to be a thing called the breakfast queue in Sampson's Comprehensive School in Port Albert. And obviously, first break, first two lessons done, breakfast queue. Everyone would like bloody vomit to yeah. the breakfast queue, and they'd sell like square pizzas. Pasties, pieces yeah. of toast, sausage rolls, sausage rolls, stuff yeah. like that, right? And at first, before they branched out and started making like sausage and egg and bacon baps, it was just those pasties, sausage roll, uh, square pizzas and toast. And we'd come out and be like, "Oh, what have you got, mate?" And they go, "I've got uh, square pizza in between two pieces of toast." Some, some of the other boys. <laughs> Carb loading, were you? One of the other boys. Yeah, big game. The next day was against uh, Kevin Sison. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other boys would have uh, a Mars bar wrapped in a piece of toast. It was basically things you could do with toast. Oh, but how good is a deep fried Mars bar? I've never had one. No, oh. I lived in Glasgow for three years and I never tried one either. Oh, so uh, Rory Lawson, who you work with obviously in Premier Sport, really good friend of mine. When Rory was in school, he used to have a deep fried pizza on a Friday night before a game on a, a Saturday. Yeah, vile. Pizza. They fry but everything up there. Rory and I, we were up there for a game and we'd been for dinner in a restaurant called Stravagan. If you're ever up there for a game, it is one of the best restaurants in the UK, in my opinion. I Glasgow, love it. Glasgow, Ospreys, a few weeks. Oh, my fave, absolute fave. And we came out, obviously, we'd had a couple of glasses of wine, you know, just to be polite to the owners. And I've actually got pictures on my phone of um, Rory and I. We found a digger in the street and we were having photos on it, like we were driving it. As in a JCB? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, let's just jump on that. Yeah, but there was, we basically went into this chippy and this, I was like, oh, I, you know, I really want to try deep fried Mars bar. And this girl was like, oh, we can't do them because they blow the fryer up. Because, so do you know what the boiling point of sugar is called? Crack. And basically the fryer is so hot that they explode. And we, for some reason, we were like chatting to her. She went and locked the door, pulled the blinds down and got a couple of like deep fried Mars bars on the go for us. Like, we yeah. had a lock-in and a chippy and... I'd love to like turn around and say, oh, you know, it's all about like they build it up, but they're not great. It's one of the single greatest things I've Is ever it? eaten in my life. They literally will deep fry you if you let them in in Glasgow, oh. especially. I remember the first time I m- moved there, I was only eighteen. Um, you know, I couldn't cook for myself. All I could cook was toast and scrambled eggs. That was it. So it was always at the start of the university, you know, chippies, takeaways, whatever. And I remember the first time I walked into a chippy on Sucky Hall Street in Glasgow in the centre of the city. And um, I just wanted uh, a sausage and batter, beans and chips to take away. So I walked in. I was like, hi, mate. Can I get sausage and batter, beans and chips? He's like, oh, you want a sausage supper? I said, what's that? He was like, two jumbo sausage and batter and chips. I was like, no, no. I was like, can I just have sausage and batter? He was like, no, we can't. Can't do that. I was like, why not? He was like, you've got to have a sausage supper. If you've got to have a sausage supper... You could have a fish cake supper. Everything was a something supper, or you can have anything deep fried you want. Oh, deep fried! Yeah, but they wouldn't give me what I wanted. <laughs> but they. So the thing with like deep fried Mars bars is that everyone thinks it's a bit filthy. I counter that with next week, or is it this week? Everyone's going to be going bonkers 
for pancake day. Now, Nutella pancakes, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. The batter is the same thing. So you're just having a Mars bar and a pancake, but a crispier version yeah, yeah, as far cool. as I'm concerned. <laughs> just less hardcore. LJ, he's out there, I'm telling you now, right? You're endearing yourself to Mr. List. He's there, sat he's there, having there. he's having a little coffee and uh, some anchovies and olives, thinking, oh. Whistling the Jurassic Park thing. Yeah, whistling, oh, <laughs> stop it. No, no, here's the test. Oh. We've had the list, here's the test, right? LJ knows a lot of people. Get your phone up. Oh, God. This is not going to be like text all. Yeah, because I ain't whatever. doing that, pal. No, no, well, Michael McIntyre show. We'll scroll. Come on, go to your contacts. <laughs> scroll. Uh, Kyle, I think we should have a new feature. Let Kyle phone someone in the phone book. No, 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 no. You're not going to touch. Just all you can do is read out some of the names. Have a look at some of the names in her phone book. What, what if I don't know them? Adam Ashley Cooper, the first one I've seen. As if. As if. Come on. We were talking about last week. There's more. What, do I just scroll and stop? Is yes. Oh, you missed bomb. Scroll then. and stop. Oh, we, I, I know bomb, so it's not nothing important for You're me. You're still on the A's. You've scrolled three times. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm on C. Me. Let's have a look. Um, nobody there. Casey Lalala, you missed then? Where? Oh, my God. Kyle's going to love this. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> He's the maddest half ever. So much room People activity. hate being in this phone book, though, because they know that they're going to get, during certain times of the year, hiya, it's LJ from Scrum 5. Uh, any chance I can come down and do a shoot with you? Danny Cipriani. A lot of love for him at the minute. <laughs> yes. In the news. Eddie Jones. Of course. What, the Eddie Jones? Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to tell, tell you a story here. <laughs> I'm actually now, a bit disgusted. So, obviously, I'm, I'm a journalist, and contacts are king. Now, when Matt Gitto moved to Japan, he sent a group WhatsApp out. Hi, everyone. This is my Japanese number. Don't, don't reply to this message, but this was the easiest way to tell everyone. So, obviously, no one replies. First one in, Eddie Jones. How are you, mate? So, I was like, right, saving that number. <laughs> don't know when I'll need that, but I have now got it. So Grabbed. I read do, you know what, I, do you know what I want to do now? I want to do a, a Hawks phone call. I'm going to phone him and go, I can't wait to see you next week in Twickenham, <laughs> boy. Are you, uh, you got... Good fortune to ask him a few questions in the press there on Sunday, didn't you? Yeah, do you know or was what? Was he a bit Eddie? Uh, do you know what? I'll be perfectly honest. So I hope no print journalists listen to this. I got myself really worked up about that on Sunday. And that's quite unlike me. I would rather ask a question live on TV than in a press conference room. Because in that environment, you are sat there with the great and the good of the broadsheets yeah. and the papers. And I honestly... It's the same kind of feeling as playing, I think, in that your adrenaline gets so high, I felt like I was going to faint afterwards. <laughs> I, I could feel myself coming back down. And I found it a really, it's really odd because, you know, the week before, without, you know, I'd, I'd been out to Toulouse and sat down with Thierry yeah. Doucetois mm. over a couple of coffees and chatted about French rugby. And in that environment nowadays, not that I don't enjoy it and I, I don't get, um, it's not a thrill. I don't get nervous. Yeah. I know that I'm comfortable and happy doing it. That press conference on Sunday, I thought I was going to vomit. Well, Eddie has this way of putting journals off a little bit as well, either getting their back up or being quite intimidating. So even if you're in there, and I have, I, I met Eddie a few times with him, coaching things with him, and uh, actually he brought Japan to Bristol pre World Cup for a yeah. when he was going to Japan. And uh, but I can imagine what sort of moods he's going to be in. How's he going to answer? Because and I think he uses journalists as his pawns. I've got a huge amount of respect for the way that he um, uses the media, and that's what it is. He uses the media. So people next week ahead of England Wales at Twickenham, 
I know that I'm going to have loads of Wales fans, friends, family say to me, oh, Eddie Jones, what's he like? But actually, you look at England going into this tournament and the the, the headline of English rugby has been everything that's going on at Saracens. Now, his captain is a Saracen. A number of his key players are Saracens players. They are embroiled in something that, you know, whether you're a Saracens fan or not, imagine being one of those boys yeah. and your livelihood is at stake. Your your chance to go and play an alliance for South Africa in 18 mm. months' time is at stake. You know, th- these are big things. But all we've talked about is Eddie. Things that Eddie said in press conferences. He doesn't do this lightly. He doesn't do it by accident. And he takes the heat off his players. Yeah. And I just think it is, you know, it's, it's actually pretty big of him to do that. Yeah. I think he's really clever. And I think that his players probably really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, you look at... You know, Stuart Lancaster is, is a great coach and, and everything that went on in England is really unfortunate and he's a really nice man. But if you look at when Wales played England in the match where we had to beat them by seven points to deny them winning the tournament and we beat them 30 points to three, yeah. the week before that game, Dylan Hartley had become really embroiled in this very public spat with Warren Gatland about scrummaging and leadership and all this kind of stuff. Stuart Lancaster doesn't take or didn't take the heat off his players in those environments. Yeah. And that's where I think Eddie is really clued on to what rugby is today and how he can most effectively manage a message. Yeah, and Gats was the same. Yeah. Mm. Very, very clever. You know, Gats never liked doing it either. I don't think Eddie particularly likes it. So he works a way in which he can almost revel in it and use it to his advantage. So it's uh, well. You look at Gats in New Zealand on the. Well, um, Kyle just took his red. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, you're in New Zealand for the last Lions tour, and all of the newspapers are running pictures of Gatland with a clown's nose on his face. But it meant that it's not a picture of a player. It's not a story about a player. Yeah, it's exactly. not pressure on a player. Yeah. So I, I also find it. I think when you work in sport, it is different, and I do think you become a little bit immune to things, but. I've got a big thing. It's only sport at the end of the day. This is only sport. It doesn't really matter. If this went away tomorrow, people would be out of jobs and stuff. But my job and the jobs of those people around me in this sport, the people who play rugby coach it, are pretty um, unimportant when I look at someone like my sister who is an intensive care yes. nurse. And, and it's perspective, isn't it? And I think I have a lot of that. So I find it very difficult when people tell me how much they hate players or hate teams. I don't. I can't wrap my head around that. I find that a really alien concept. Yeah. And the older I get and the longer I'm in this sport, the more I find that, you know, there are, there are people that I don't like to deal with in my line of work. There are players where I think, oh God, no, you know, but then I don't hate anyone. No. And yeah. that's very much a personal thing as well because certain people are really hard work. So I, th- I watch um, the House of Rugby podcast. I watch it on YouTube and... Um, it's interesting, Sean O'Brien touched on that as well. When you say the word hate, and they asked mm. them, they were like, what is it about the other teams that hate playing England? And if straight away he shot Alex Payne down. He said, it's, I don't hate, it's just, hate's a strong word. We don't hate, it's just, you know, we have a lot of respect for them. That was the thing, Payno said to him, why did, why did you Pain hate? No. Payno. Well, I, I worked with Alex for, you know, a really long <laughs> he, time. He's a great bloke, Payno. Yeah, he is Al Pal, we call him. My mum calls him Cousin Matthew, like in Downton Abbey, because <laughs> he's the poshest person she's ever met. Um, so he is posh. Yeah. Oh, he went to Eton. He is Did like. He? Oh, but yeah. He is. He's the poshest person. He is. Sometimes the things he turns around and says, you're like, you don't live in the real world, pal, or you certainly didn't grow up in it. He's lovely though. Isn't he? Oh, amazing, and a really supportive person, and the kind of person that I know. Uh, having grown up in this industry, Alex is always on the end of the phone yeah. if I need him, and that 
is a really big thing for someone like me. Um, but he said to Sean, why do you hate the English? Not why do you hate playing them? Why do you hate the English? And th- and that's the thing. Like, you know, when people say it, you know, Eddie said to me in the press conference yesterday, I said, you know, looking ahead to the Wales game, oh, well, it's the biggest game. And, and English people do think we hate them. My mum's English. Of course I don't hate English people. No. But obviously you want to get one over on the big brother next door. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's a... There are more rugby players in England than there are below the equator. Yeah. So, of course, you want to beat them. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to the Tuesday Club podcast with our very special guest, Laura Jane Jones. With me, Sean Holly, and Kyle Reese. You can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and on Instagram, Tuesday Club podcast. This is Laura Jane Jones, and you're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. So it's that time of the podcast, Kyle, where we pick our Six Nations Captain of the Week and who, which actor would play. This week, it's Scotland's Stuart Hogg. Firstly, how good was it to see him back scoring a try? A ball in two hands as he dived over the line. Yeah, he remembered <laughs> this time, two hands. I, I love Hoggy. Yeah, so much. Yeah. Did you see his uh, try uh, in the break for Exeter? He did that. That was the first yeah. time when he yeah. did this. Yeah. But he did that as he was about to fall on the floor. Yeah. You look at the crowd and then he put it down three times. And I thought that was brilliant. How so massive for an international captain to go back and play for their club in a fallow week then? Yeah. Mm, like absolutely. what a committed bloke he is. Yeah. yeah well he's just a great bloke, great family. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get him on the pod as well, which is great. We are. Now then, who would play Stuart Hogg, Kyle? Um, Law? right i'm gonna go with richard madden and you're like what richard madden's like fit rich if you're listening uh bodyguard oh right yeah scottish actor he was tipped to be the next james bond i i think i'm actually james norton for the next james bond i think my mate sam he to be honest with you no he's too fair he's too fair um yeah that's what you can't have another fair one um so basically richard madden is a film called ibiza on netflix where he plays a dj and he's scottish seen it with the woman who's in that one love yeah i love i love that film ibiza i love a netflix film anyway love that I'm saying him because, so Calcutta Cup, the year before last, when Scotland beat England at Murrayfield, I was up there. I was out after the game with Rory Lawson again, um, Alex Corbs, a couple of other boys, and they marched me down to Why Not, I think it's called, the nightclub in Edinburgh, and walked in. The first person I saw was Gillian Hogg, Stuart's wife. And I was like, where's Stu? And she turned around and pointed and he was behind the decks in the DJ booth. Was he? Celebrating <laughs> their Calcutta Cup win. And I was like, absolute legend. Like, he's hilarious. That's so that that's why I'm going Richard Madden because he's actually the only Scottish actor I can think of as well. Kyle, you can't think of anyone. Doesn't have to be Scottish. I'm going to say Sam I know the speed of acting, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, I'm going to say Sam Hewan. Obviously, he's a good mate of mine. Um, he's the leading outlander. But obviously, I think I'm flattering both and flattering Stuart because Sam's very good looking and I'm flattering Sam because he'd love to be a Scottish rugby player. Yeah, Hoggy, you need someone like desperately freckled, pale as anything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to insult him now, probably. I'm going to go Aid Edmondson. Oh, wow. Do you know who he is? <laughs> yeah. Played Vivian in The Young Ones. He's married to Jennifer Saunders. <laughs> yes, he is. He's a grandfather. Sorry, Hoggy. Sorry, Hoggy. Aid Edmondson for me. Wow. Okay, LJ, three best films. Um, number one film, Dirty Dancing. If I oh, went on Mastermind, uh, that would be my specialist subject. Um, my mum and dad went to see Dirty Dancing in the cinema in 1987 when my mum was pregnant with me. And she thinks that it has been a kind of in vitro um, 
made me love it. My mum buys me, every time they do a special edition DVD, my mum buys it for me. So I've got like eight copies of it, which I don't need. But Nobody puts LJ in the corner. Nobody puts LJ <laughs> in the corner. And do you know what? I love that film so much. There are two bits in it that I hate. Um, one when, you know, when Patrick Swayze breaks the window for them to get in the car. I left my keys in the car. And they drive off. And Francis Houseman baby goes to him, you're wild. And he goes, what? She goes, you're wild. And it really makes me cringe. And then the other bit, when they're in bed and she like rolls over and puts her hand to the side of her head and she goes, have you had many women? And there's something about it that makes me cringe more than any other moment in any film. And it just, I'm like, oh, <laughs> why have you asked him that? Right, that's number one. Number two. Um, number two, um, Disney's Hercules. Bit of a Disney freak as well I yeah think. i love i love a disney film um i'm going to disney world in september with the fam many times we're very very excited we're staying in the caribbean beach hotel which has now got the skyliner the gondolas over to the parks Fantastic. we're doing the disney dining plan so i have actually created a spreadsheet so that we know <laughs> where we're eating on what I days did this. I t- when i finished at the Ospreys, i took the family i promised them right and we all went and did all of that. Did the Disney plan. But another thing for me was the um, the app. The Disney. Oh, oh yeah. my oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Right up Dad's street, oh. that was. I planned everything. Fast passes. Extra fast passes. Where to eat. Booked everything. I loved it. The old brace thing. You yeah. Know, the, magic the, bands. All the magic, magic bands. bands. Yeah. Oh. Just... Uh, t- best holiday people who ever. aren't Disney people don't get it and oh. I, I love it when people who resist and then they go and, and then they understand that yeah. you can't be unhappy in Disney no. it is just and especially if you're a tight Welsh dad and you do the Disney dining plan <laughs> because it feels like you're getting a lot oh, for free <laughs> my, um, so the last time we went my old man didn't come and he's coming this time and we keep saying to him he's like um we said our oh, first night we're gonna we, always, we go planet Hollywood in uh, Disney Springs on the first night and he was like, I think that's a waste because you're not going to want to eat a big meal when we get there. We're like, Dad, we've paid for it. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Oh, what do you want then, love? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can, he's going to be sitting there thinking, she ain't having a flat iron steak. She can pay for that herself if she thinks she's having that. So, yeah, uh, big Hercules Disney too. fan. Disney, yeah, Hercules. And number three is three men and a lady. Three men and a little lady. Yeah. So it's, actually, it's actually three men and a lady. It's not little lady. People mistake that. Is it? Yeah, on the VHS box that I have, it just says lady. But it might be a Teenage Mutant Ninja, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles thing, oh where right. it's named differently for different markets. But um, a great film. Is that the... Steve Gutenberg, Is Tom Selleck, yeah. Ted Danson. Uh, three, men, three Men and a Baby sequel. Yeah, yeah. And it's a sequel that's better than the film. Oh, that, yeah. And my sister and I quote that film relentlessly every day. At some point, we'll quote a line from that film Laura Jane Jones you've been an amazing guest we can't let you go without going up and under 10 questions 2 choices oh wow honesty no delays okay be, some be tough some be easy okay ready? I'm ready this is up and under on the Tuesday club podcast summer or winter summer Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper Cooper oh chips or jack of potato chips TV or radio TV. Men's rugby or women's rugby? Uh, well, that's the beauty. Men's is on Saturdays, women's is on Sundays, <laughs> generally. <laughs> so Diplomacy. Andy Good or Jim Hamilton? Jim Hamilton. <sighs> Movies or theatre? Movies. Yeah, of course. Alan Wynn or Tipperick? Alan Wynn. Beer or wine? Beer. Wayne Pivak or Warren Gatland? 
Gats. Six Nations or Autumn Internationals? Six Nations. Laura Jean Jones, you've gone up and under. Thanks so much for coming on the Tuesday. Thank you for Club. having you've me. You've been an amazing guest. We've learned so much more about you. You're a fantastic broadcaster. Good luck with your podcast. Thank you. Please get us on. Oh, whenever you want, boys. Come Bye. to the live one. Amazing guest. Yeah, very good, very good. It's nice to hear such rugby nouse coming from a lady because all I get is my mother going, Scott Quinnell! <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and Instagram Tuesday Club Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Wheels. The Tuesday Club is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes.